Welcome to the Digital Workflow Dentistry Podcast Series. We help dentists adapt, adopt, and advance in the world of dental technology. For more information about upcoming lectures, webinars, and podcasts, please go to our website, www.digitalworkflowdentist.com, at Instagram, at Digital Workflow Dentistry. Good afternoon, dental internet world. My name is Dr. Vishal Sharma, and I'm sitting here with my friend and colleague, Dr. Mike Parchewski. Mike, it's March 1st, and I hope you know what that means. It is Dental Hygiene Month, and that is a perfect aspect because our podcast today is going to be on the dental hygiene examination. Good to see you, Mike. Good to see you. How are things been going for you? Yeah, you know, it's uh, obviously here in Alberta, some of the restrictions are starting to lift. Uh, COVID numbers are uh, significantly down and the mask mandate within the province was lifted today. Obviously, within our healthcare facility, we are still following it. But things have been good. I'm um, excited to hopefully come out of this uh, phase of the pandemic. What about yourself? Um, yeah, similar. We've um, we've been finding um, that that we still have that weird as the restrictions come off. I think in healthcare we sort of have to toe the line a little bit longer. So at, at our office, where our plan is to stay consistent with the PPE uh, protocols, uh, at least for a few months, just make sure things are coming down. Um, you know, patients get comfortable. Um, it's interesting. You know, we're starting to see a lot of the patients coming back into the office. And there's still that, um, you know, that leeriness about being around others. And I think COVID has really created that, you know, do you shake hands? Do you not shake hands? Do you get close to somebody? Do you not get close to us? Um, it's created that sort of uh, everybody's sort of infectious feeling. And I think at the dental office, um, you know, there's still some uncomfortable people coming in. And so I think it's up to us to just you know, make them comfortable, comfortable, make sure that they're aware of, of what we're doing for their safety. And, and, you know, people and as things settle down, and as people are coming back to work and feeling more comfortable being around other people, I think a lot of this in the next six months will will settle out. Yeah, no, I know, I would agree with you. I think the uh, barometer for a healthcare facility, you know, even a dental office is different, in that uh, oftentimes coming to see us, it's not optional for people, it's part of their health. Uh, you know, if you don't want to go to Tony Roma's to get ribs because they're no longer having a mask mandate. It's a little bit more optional. So I'm, I think that the approach that you guys are taking is certainly the right one. But, you know, lots of ambiguity in the world, lots of uh, different opinions and different uh, directions. Uh, one of the topics that we're going to be discussing today is the directions with which to take your hygiene examination. So let's jump into it, Mike. I'll let you start off the topics and uh, looking forward to the back and forth discussion on this. Right on. So yeah, we've uh, we've got a few topics here. I know this has been um, an increasing discussion about uh, technology and the dental hygiene chair and the the way that the dental hygiene chair is a hub in the practices and and you know more dentists I think are realizing that um, even though um, a preponderance of the dollar bills that are coming in is related to what they're doing in their dental chair. Um, a lot of the research has shown that more treatment is accepted from your dental assistant and from your dental hygienist. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't set up your office around your recall and around your hygiene systems, um, you are really sort of missing treatment opportunities and um, 
you know, the, the people that have the most time with your patients are your hygienists. So I think for a lot of dentists, it's a, you know, for us, I know we've been always on the digital side, very proactive and our hygiene hygienists and our assistants have, have always been, you know, taking things to the limit of their scopes. Um, but I think, you know, more and more dentists are realizing that, um, you know, they, they can't be, um, the only one to scan, the only one to take photos, the only one to talk to patients, you, you need that team approach. And, and more and more people I run into um, when we start talking about this are very shocked that how much autonomy we give to our team. And whereas you and I would take that as that's the way to, to do things, um, for some people it's a, it's a push out of the comfort zone. And again, that brings us to our first topic, which is the importance of that hygiene chair for building a restorative practice. And so I've touched on a few of them. Um, what are your thoughts on this, this ever-changing model that we're seeing in the, the more modern technology practices? Well, I echo your sentiments in that, you know, we are working in a facility where there's oral health care providers. There's the dentist, obviously, hygienist assistants. Each of them have their individual role. But that has to work in, in sort of concert with the other uh, practitioners as well. So, you know, a dentist coming in for a recall examination, it's no longer them just discussing the teeth and the hygienist are concentrating on the gum tissue. We understand, of course, that there's a very strong relationship with that overall system and that's going to contribute to overall uh, health outcomes as well beyond uh, the mouth and the head and neck. So I think having practitioners that understand everyone's role, supports uh, everyone's role, and takes a more holistic or overall viewpoint when evaluating a patient's dental health is the important aspect. Uh, strong communication, uh, strong continued ongoing education is important from that perspective. If we're looking at it from a numbers aspect, you know, yeah, you're absolutely correct. All the uh, studies are indicating or the uh, research indicating that I think it's 70% uh, is the number that's thrown out there that they're going to look for validation. 70% of patients will make their decisions based on what the assistant or hygienist is saying as opposed to the dentist. Makes sense because your hygienist spends a lot more time with patients. But from our perspective, we want the hygienist to be discussing not only gingival health, but decay, restorative health, parafunction, all of the things that are going to contribute to gingival and overall health. So you know, technology is great from that perspective, but I think just paying attention to it and communicating it uh, is is important. And then, of course, part of that is ensuring that you have the appropriate team. So, Mike, uh, you have a well-developed team. Uh, they're very knowledgeable. You have some very tenured team members here. Talk a little bit about picking, you know, the right people for that team. Well, I think it, it starts off, um, you know, it starts off realistically with um, people that are people um, people, 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 people. Can I yeah. say that? Yeah. Um, so I won't say it five times fast though. Picking the people, purple people, peoples. <laughs> um, but real, you know, really when, when we're looking at it, it's gotta be the person that is not just a scaling machine is not just, um, you know, head down wanting to scale. Um, you know, they have to be somebody that is looking at the holistic side, somebody that is willing to look at the teeth, look at, look at the patient's health, take a blood pressure. Um, you know, I know in, in schools, they're, um, 80% of 
dental hygienists report having done blood pressure on patients routinely while in school, that number drops to 15% when they're in practice. Interesting. So, you know, if, if you're interviewing a hygienist and you ask things, you know, if you saw um, a a big broken filling or a cracked tooth on a patient, would you talk to them about that um, prior to the dentist coming in or would you wait for the dentist? You know, do you take blood pressure? Do you think it's important to take blood pressure? When you start asking those questions and if your response is, you know, I would never take blood pressure, I don't have time, you know, I've got to get the scaling done, I would never, you know, um, that's the dentist's job, I would never, that I don't, I'm not supposed to diagnose, I'm not supposed to look at that. Um, then I think, you know, that's starting to put you into the category, is this the right person? So you want somebody that wants some autonomy, wants to be involved, wants to be heard, um, wants their concepts and ideas to be understood. They want to learn new things. They want to do other things besides scaling. You know, some of the best hygienists that I've run into are hygienists that um, say, you know, hey, if you've got, if I've got an opening uh, and somebody needs whitening, uh, I'm all over that. Or do you, if you need somebody that needs a scan or impressions and there's an opening, let me know. Um, so it's really the self-starters, the go-getters. And I think that's the kind of people you want to look for. Um, you know, the people that will um, look outside the box, look at their patients in a whole view and, and um, you know, are, are real good chatters. And because, you know, I don't know about you, but some of, I sometimes walk by the hygiene room and it seems they're chatting more than scaling. So it's kind of like when you go to your, your, to get your hair done um, and, you know, basically you find out the entire, they find out about your entire life and you find out about their entire life. I feel like that happens in the, in the hygiene department. Yeah, it's obviously an environment where strong personal relationships can be developed. Definitely distinct from from a dentist-patient uh, relationship for the most part. You're you're bang on, obviously, on picking the right person. You know, any management uh, course is going to tell you uh, hire really slowly and obviously choose attitude over uh, experience. From my perspective, I'll uh, sort of uh, clarify what you said, or if I was to pinpoint it, it's hiring a professional. And, you know, you mentioned the term go-getter or uh, someone who, you know, is going to think outside the box or put their patient first. For me, a professional is someone who is constantly trying to craft or hone their craft um, and improve their skill set. Someone who, if they encounter a scenario, uh, they're willing to do a bit of research after work. I'm not talking two or three hours, but 15 minutes looking at Perio Protect. You know, maybe uh, looking at uh, some options on sleep appliances. If they have a patient who's on bisphosphonates, just doing a little bit of research as to the long-term implications of stuff like that. And I think that that really for us is the key aspect is having people who are interested in being a better oral health care provider next year than they are today. Um, and, you know, these are conversations that I recently had with uh, three of our hygienists. In fact, this week, we're back to doing those connects that we discussed a while back on team culture. And it's exactly the conversation that I've had with uh, three of my hygienists, uh, Zara, uh, Amrit, and Ashley, uh, Ashley today, is just about honing their skills and, and that I admire the fact that they all are professionals interested in being better. So yeah, I, I would echo that aspect um, for sure. Let's... Uh, pull a bit of a uh, left turn and and start discussing not only just the right people, but uh, patients. And uh, if your office is one that's starting with hygiene as an intake exam, um, how are you converting those patients and getting them back for a full examination? Or are you in your office typically having patients come in for a new patient exam first? 
Go ahead, Mike. Let us know what you're doing. So on the conversion side, um, I think what we're what we're talking about is you've got a patient, you know, in the dental chair. Let's say you've you've your office has taken a look at some sleep apnea or integrating sleep apnea, has taken some some new courses, new training, and now this patient that's been in your office for 15 recall cycles, been there for 10 years, and um, all of a sudden you're looking at them in a new lens. You've, you've learned some new things, you've learned about occlusion, you've been to a COIS course, you've taken one of our courses, and, and your life has now changed. And so now you're looking at your patients with a new lens. And so now, um, or you've trained your, your team and your team's been to these courses and they're looking at the patients in a new lens. And so it's often how do you um, take that patient out of that uh, regular recall regimen and then say, hey, you know what, Jim, we, we've learned something new that, you know, we're, we've, we have a feeling that you might be a candidate for sleep apnea and, and the getting tested should be important. And we want to, um, you know, take a more thorough check of this we want to do an airway scan we want to do a sleep study on you and so we're gonna move you over or rebook you to come in for a consult or rebook you to come in for a scan um, so I think it's really just honest conversation and I think it's empowering your hygienist to be able to uh, to have those conversations with the patients to be able to recognize um, those flags and those cues that we provide and same thing for us and don't hesitate sometimes just to say hey um, I now have learned or trained or I'm doing something different. I think we just have to sometimes be a bit humble and be honest with our patients to say, you know what, I'm looking at things in a little bit differently here. You fit that category. Do you mind coming back so that I can do a more, more thorough exam? You know, and patients uh, appreciate that. Totally. You yeah. know, everyone wants their healthcare practitioners to be better, to, to, to learn new skills, uh, and again, to evolve. So I, I echo that sentiment is just simple wording, such as, you know, if you're in the chair, just saying, Mike, as you know, our office uh, is committed to continued excellence or continued education or always bettering our craft. Uh, we've been taking a lot of courses on dental sleep medicine. And we just, in reviewing your file over the past couple of years and what I'm seeing today, I'm seeing some things that I may not have been able to see before, given all this new information. Can I have, you know, Dr. Parchewski come in and talk to you about this? And, and I agree with you with that. It's never really been an issue where people are like, well, this is the first time I'm hearing it. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. And, you know, it's find a problem, target the problem, provide a solution, and then, you know, give them the conversation that says, you know, the solution is going to require a bit more in-depth work yeah and let's get you let's get you back for for uh, some more information and one quick uh interjection is in terms of the solution one of the things that i ask of the hygienist is actually just for them to identify what they see yeah so inflammation recession around this tooth wear attrition you know sensitivity here crowding in this area where there's a lot of buildup just identify exactly what they see they don't necessarily need to say yeah you've got crowding here 15 months for clear aligner therapy, uh, that's the solution. Just identifying that issue. And if the patient is obviously, if they have deepened concern, they're asking for solutions, giving them possible solutions and just saying, but you know, it's not my area of expertise. Dr. Mike's going to come in and, and discuss that in detail with you. That's really what we're asking of our team. So on that note, I'm going to jump ahead to one of the, you know, interesting um, communication skills that, you know, I've learned actually from you. Uh, so there's a term you use, WARP, uh, W-O-R-P, and I think it's um, anybody that I've talked about it has thought, wow, this is a really nice 
uh, way to bring this together. So can you go through everybody about what warp is and, and how that relates to communication? Yeah, you know, obviously one of the challenges with implementing anything new in any job, especially in dentistry, is we're just so accustomed to doing things the exact same way. So for myself, I find that checklists, a readily available checklist or prompts is the best way to break out of the consistent homeostatic mind frame that you might have. So for us, some of the major things that we're looking for in our adult-based clientele is where. So is there signs of parafunction? Is that parafunction progressive? Is it getting worse? Uh, are there clear indications that this person might be clenching, grinding, or has worn down their dentition? So hence the W in the acronym WARP. The second aspect is occlusion, which ties in very closely with that. Do they have a malocclusion? Are they a potential ortho candidate? Are they past ortho with relapse? What's the scenario from that perspective? And uh, so that's the O component. R is restorative, uh, whether it's signs of decay, cracked, leaky restorations, light leaky amalgam fillings, old PFMs, etc. And then the P aspect, of course, is perio, uh, where the hygienist is going to give a definitive diagnosis, not you know a, a jargon generalized advanced periodontal condition, you know, we don't necessarily need their uh, APA classification, but just something that's really simple for them to understand. Mike has good oral hygiene. He's flossing two to three times per week, so there's some room for improvement there. He has some inflammation that we see is present. It's a bit concerning. I've suggested that he comes on a four-month interval, and we've classified him as, we use John Coyce's green, yellow, red. We've classified him as a yellow. And so my job then, reiterating that warp aspect and, and certainly emphasizing the P at the end is to say, well, you know, if our hygienist Mike is suggesting that you are in a yellow category, we really want you to be in a green category. So the ultimate goal is if you're on four months, if you can make some minor improvements, we want to get you to that point where at green, there's not a lot of long-term concerns that you're going to have issues as the years and decades go by, blah, blah, blah. So that's what we utilize. Um, and it's just the sequence to allow the hygienist to discuss things sequentially. And we really try to avoid <clears throat> good. You know, like good is not a diagnosis. And um, obviously, we want to reinforce positive behavior. We want to give our patients strokes or, or you know, create positivity where it's, it's uh, justified. But at the same time, they're paying really good money, not for us to make them feel good, but to give uh, layman's terms English diagnosis that they can have a really good gauge as to where, where they're at. So yeah, warp is what we use. It doesn't sound very sexy, uh, but it seems to work. Um, it seems to warp. Yeah. I don't know. You can say warp speed, Captain. That's right. And so what are you guys doing in your office, Mike? Because you guys cover, obviously, a lot of things. You're a technologically advanced office. How do you, how do you sort it all out? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. We've, um, we had a sort of a checklist protocol. And um, when, I, when you told me the acronym, we actually adopted that because I was like, okay, well, this makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to tell you what, what I really like about your acronym is that I really feel that, you know, based on things such as John Coyce and, and other researchers that, you know, anywhere on the teeth, you know, beyond microns a year is significant mm -hmm. and that we shouldn't be having millimeters of wear. You know, we shouldn't have three millimeters of wear in our teeth. You know, 50 microns or 100 microns or, you know, over a long period of time, you know, a fraction of a millimeter, okay. But when we see millimeters of, of wear, that has impacts on everything. Mm -hmm. 
And so I do think that where is is in our mind too one of the key things we're looking at. And then I like the the O because so where's talking about the occlusion and overall health. So it's really talking it really takes you into the muscles, TMJ, mm-hmm. and overall health. So it's I think that's the most outlined thing. And of course you know, a medical history update as well, totally, I would yeah. argue. And then the O, um, when we talk about the occlusion, is then we're talking about um, how are the teeth aligned to each other and is there crowding? So I think that's the next important thing. And then restorative, obviously that's important. That's what we do a lot of. Um, but if we start with restorative, we forget about the wear because we say, well, there's a filling. Okay, yeah, 2-5-D-O, I got to go to the next room, you know. <laughs> I gotta, I'm got. i supposed to do uh, um, another uh, CIRAC, you know. And I think, and then, but they are thinking perio. Yeah. So if we let them start with perio, then we never get to the W-O-O-R. So it's, it's actually been a big game changer because previously we had the perio check part first and then restorative. And then we went into sort of the other, which was the occlusion aware. And by flipping it around, so, you know, I'd say this is a massive pearl out there for, for people, is that start with the where, move into the occlusion, um, talk about the restorative, and then the perio. And if you get your hygienist on that, it is making them really assess the patient as a whole person. And it's in a, so that, to be honest, that has been a real big game changer for our hygiene team. And that's, you know, within realistically, since you were telling me about that, maybe six months that we've been doing that. Yeah. And we've been finding it super helpful. You know, it's just, it's nice to have a roadmap. It's easy to follow that. And I think the hygienists also appreciate being oral health practitioners you know, where it's a more holistic overall viewpoint from that perspective. So one thing that we have not been very effective at in our office is incorporating scanning with the hygienist. We've tried over the years, just have struggled with making it effective or even in my mind necessary with the busyness of the hygiene schedule. And we do a 70-minute hygiene appointments, as you know, but you guys are, are starting to do that. Talk me through that process and what the justification on it is. So the, the thought of using uh, your hygienist as a, a scanning hygienist, as it were, um, kind of comes from two, two thought processes. One, we'll talk about this in a minute, about the way we do our, our new patient exams. But if we talk about the scanning hygienist in the recall realm, uh, what we're saying is as we're using basically our scanner as a twofold item. We're using it as a, a model, you know, being able to take models of your patient. And two, we're looking at it to establish... Um, digital photos, yeah. right? So it's kind of like an intro camera and a T-scan, let's say. Mm-hmm. And, and and then we have records. And the, the neat thing is, is that um, oftentimes parafunction or occlusion issues, you know, lead to abfractions or lead to issues of the recession and, and gum issues. So it, it often helps in that workflow when the hygienist is able to scan the patient and say, you know, and we're ta- we're, and we're, we're trying to implement it on an annual basis yeah. so that they would scan the patient and then they're able to say, look at their bite. Um, they're able to make note of, of uh, where we're able to analyze is there differences between the last set of models and this set of models. Is there more aware? Is there more uh, recession? And so we're seeing sort of real-time data um, in that manner and we're still being able to use it to, to get photos right and you can render out the pictures so it's something that we've been working on uh through COVID is trying to implement and it's it, it basically what we're doing is adding that extra 10 minutes 
Um, so we're doing an annual visit where we're ensuring blood pressure is being done. We're ensuring we're updating medical history. We're ensuring that we're um, doing a scan. And so it's we've had to actually schedule it that way. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think that takes us into the next conversation is um, there's there's two ways really to do exams. We can either have the exam that starts and occurs in the dental chair, or we can have the exam that goes through the hygiene chair. And we're not talking about the traditional, you know, the patient comes in and the dentist does a five-minute exam um, in their hygiene chair. We're talking about an actual new patient that's being taken care of in a thorough manner in the hygiene chair. Now, what do you, what do you do currently? Do you do either of those? Do you like, or do you do one or the other? Or do you prefer one or the other? What's your thoughts? So my strong preference is the intake evaluation for a patient is a new patient consultation with myself and my dental assistant, where we are doing uh, still intraoral photos, SLR or iPhone, fully retracted views, occlusal, buccal, uh, maximum intercuspation. We're doing a full prime scan, top and yep. bottom. So we're using that occlusal gram that you were talking about, tracking where the recession is. You know, this upcoming Friday, Dense by Serona has a big announcement that they're keeping under wraps. Uh, I think it's no secret that it's going to be prime print, yep. the printer. And there's some intimations on uh, Google Cloud. So I'm guessing that the scans that we now take in our new patient exams will be able to save, be saved to a cloud version which is much better than the uh, intra-office network that we're currently saving those STLs to. So now you have the ability for hygienists to pop up those scans moving forward in the future, or yeah. you know, you've know you got that reference a year later where you can take, take a scan. So we do our intake evaluation that way. It, it's an impressive evaluation. We are discussing short and specifically long-term concerns. We're doing a um, generic perio assessment with some spot probing. Uh, and then after that, they're going in to see the hygienist, typically at a different visit yep. or a different day. Uh, on occasion, we'll have someone who, based on scheduling, will see the hygienist first. Uh, typically, we'll go in and introduce ourselves. But I'll tell you the conversion rate from our new patient evaluation to first treatment is exceptionally high. If they're coming in for a new patient exam and then they have some simple restorative and the hygiene visit, exceptionally high. It's dropped off precipitously the opposite way. And I'm not sure why that is, where if they come in for a hygiene visit and then they book for a new patient exam, the cancellation on that rate, cancellation rate on that is quite a bit higher. So I like having them come in first because we're establishing all the records. It's an impressive evaluation. We're differentiating ourselves from their other potentially non-digital office. So obviously if they're seeing you before, it's not much of a difference in any capacity at all. And uh, so that's the approach that we're taking with it. And that's what I really like. To further add to that, as you know, every four to seven years, depending on the person's restorative uh, status, how much dentistry they've had done, what their uh, preconditions and predispositions are, we're booking them back for a full diagnostic reeval where we're re-updating those records and then comparing to the previous version. And sorry, what was the time frame you're using there? So it varies. It's typically between four to seven years that we're doing. Okay. Like if it's a really low dental need patient who's had ortho, they're in some sort of uh, parafunctional appliance, you know, we don't need to see them at five years. It's typically seven. Yeah. If it's someone who has a lot of other issues, we're worried about deterioration, progressive recession, et cetera, we shorten that time frame. Yeah. I like the, you know, and I'll be honest, we haven't been the greatest on that philosophy. 
But, you know, in the um, thinking about it, you know, I do think that we can tie that five-year as a nice number. You know, I think, you know, for, for people listening, if you want something as a strategy, I think think about it as a five-year a five-year plan because when you think about it you have a a new patient comes in as a, a baby at five year five or six years old you're trying to you want to get that pan then at 12 you're trying to figure out the mixed dentition then you're you're getting into wisdom teeth and so if you look at the phases in life the five-year reeval seems to fit yeah um and not to say that we were timing it on when we're doing our new cbct or pan but if you think about that um, and you were to tie that together and say, that's when you're taking your CBCT, if warranted, low dose if needed, or, or standard dose, but you're using your algorithms that you learn on CBCT. But if you take that into account, that say, this is where we're going to just stop for a moment and re-break everything down and get back to it and reevaluate. I think um, patients respect that. And a lot of patients would might look at you and go, wow, it's been five years. Yeah. And I, So I think I really like that idea. And I think that's something... Um, you know, look at all these things I'm learning here. I think I think that's something we have to we have to go back. There's a bit of a time warp that's occurred through COVID, I think, and I also think there's a lot of our patients that are coming back in um, after two or three years now, where um, I think that might be warranted to go back to that. And, and my question for you is, um, I'm going to talk a bit about the hygiene exam, but my question for you before we go on to that is, is how do you convert those patients that just have been missing through COVID and say, hey, you know what? I, we need to get you in for a full reeval. What's your what's your thought on that? So oftentimes it's going to come out of hygiene. If they have been a patient of record and they're coming back for a hygiene evaluation, you know they're no longer as COVID concerned because numbers are down and they've got their booster shot. Uh, the hygienist is essentially saying, you know, we can have Doctor Mike in for a really quick evaluation, uh, but it's been a number of years since we've updated records. We notice there's been some changes with gum health, etc. It's going to be worthwhile to come in for that full evaluation. You're going to find it extremely informative, and we're just able to update the baseline data that we had taken X number of years ago. The other aspect with the four, five, six, seven years, whatever it might be, is typically there's a technological jump as well. So now we're doing the prime scan. Right. Before it was a T scan, before it was just SLR photography. So there is some credence to that as well. I, I will tell you, you know, the, the pearl for warp was uh, was great that you chimed in on. This has been a really great addition to all of our practices. Uh, the one that we have that I don't ever practice at, uh, the dentists there have recently incorporated it, and you know, just they're talking about how fantastic it is. Obviously, we're aware of that. So, um, yeah, that's how we re-engage a patient from that perspective, and that sixty minutes on the reevaluation with the dentist going through new technology. I think people really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And go ahead now, Mike, you were going to discuss uh, the hygiene evaluation. So what, what this was is we talked about the two ways to do the, to do the new patient exam. One is they come through the dentist side and one they come through the hygiene side and I'll, and I'll uh, play devil's advocate here. And I'll say that historically we have found that our patients uh, tend to be in a bit of a rush. We're in the downtown core um, meetings, this, that, their time is tight. Um, we can get them in for multiple one-hour visits. It's harder to get them in for longer visits. And we do find that with that new patient exam, if we, if they, because a lot of patients just call and say, I've, you know, I'm moved here, just had a cleaning a year ago. Um, I just need a new checkup. Um, and I, you know, I need my teeth cleaned. 
And so we end up with a lot of people coming through the hygiene side. And, and so in the past, the problem we had is as they come through the hygiene side, they also wanted an exam. Then I'm limited in time. And now I'm banging my head against the wall because I don't have enough time. And now we're trying to convert them that, hey, you have to go now. You have to come back. And so there's a struggle there in, in yeah. changing expectations. And so part of it is getting your front end to know better about qualitating what you're doing, how you're different, how you're going to be, you know, bridging that into the new patient exam, why it should be done in the dental chair first, what your practice goals in. And so whatever you guys figure out and decide, I think you have to, you have to make sure that everybody's on board with the scripting now, but on the flip side of it, you know, there's been this talk and there's been a lot of this coming out right now about the, the movement of the exam going through the hygiene chair first. And the reason for it is one, is that if we look at the numbers and we look at where patients accept treatment from, it tends to be from the hygiene. And if the hygienist is gonna be the, uh, the person that's talking to these patients every time in the future, they're developing that relationship with them, with them from the get-go. So if you do that new patient exam and you've put it all together and you've done this massive treatment plan and then they come in for the hygiene and the hygienist does not tie into or is not involved in what their treatment is or treatment expectations or treatment plan, she might say, hey, the gums look pretty good, you know, whatever, um, you know, hey, good, we'll see in six yeah. months. And and there was missed that the treatment, there was a plan and there was action and, and things that were needed. But if that hygienist is part of that initial intake and is with that patient from the get-go, then when they see them again, they're like, so did you get those crowns done? Well, that great. That's going to reduce your risk. And great, that's going to help your health. And hey, you know, what was happening next? What did you ever do about the crowding? Did you go with the uh, sure smile? Did you, what did you do? And so I think it, if they're going to be that quarterback and they're going to be the one um, that sees that patient, and I'll throw another stat out there. The, you know, the, um, some say that they, you have to hear something seven times before you do it or accept it. Interesting. And so if you think about it, if that hygienist is going to be the one that talks to them about the sure smile or the veneer case or, or, you know, any cosmetic type whitening or Botox, she, you know, the more times that she sees that patient, the better. Interesting. And so I think when we're kind of looking at it from, you know, a different angle and trying to get the patient through the hygiene chair, but now what's the issue there? Well, you're taking a person that normally was sort of scaling machine and you're saying, whoa, hang on now. Now we're going to give you much more time. And what we want you to do is we want you to do scanning. We want you to do, so now you're training, you have to train them, you have yeah. to get them up to speed. But I tell you, it's been really successful. And the reason we made this move is we had lots of cancellations with the different variants coming through. So all of a sudden in our hygiene chair, we had more time. I was still fairly busy because we're still getting emergencies. We're still getting different things that are coming in, referrals, sleep patients, or a wisdom tooth case or something. But the hygiene chair is where we had the gap. So mm. we, we started to do is converting them. Well, we've got a prime scan and we've got all this stuff. Let's get you guys using this stuff. And so we found that that was a nice way to make up for openings where they could take more time with a patient. And I tell you, the patients have really enjoyed it um, because I guess they feel like they're in a comfortable environment. Uh, they don't feel, again, dentists don't let it, you know, you know, um, crush your ego here. But a lot of times patients feel more comfortable uh, with their when they're with that hygienist, as opposed to worrying that as soon as the dentist comes in, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. 
you know so it's just a little bit of a change of paradigm and i and i you know I, when we talked about it i really wanted to bring this out today in our in our conversation um but it is a it is something uh to think about and to talk with your team and to build on um what's your thought on that well i like the approach because obviously even though we're not following it some of our strongest communicators if not our strongest communicators are our hygienists so you want to utilize those assets to obviously best represent the business and the ultimate goal of the business of course is great patient outcomes that leads to a percolation in every other aspect staff satisfaction patient satisfaction your bottom line gets better as well so i you know even as you were talking i'm trying to conceptualize using some of these exceptionally strong communicators and how to shift it and it is a paradigm shift it's a, a scheduling shift etc when you're busy it's more challenging to implement that change but we're always trying to be better. So, you know, that's going to be a pearl that I'm going to, to look to do and uh, see how we can incorporate it. So you'll probably be getting some text messages from me asking lots of uh, questions. I'll just answer week. back. Warp speed, Captain. <clears throat> that's right. Well, and on that note, uh, time to beam me up, Scotty. Uh, Mike, it was a fun podcast. Uh, we've got some upcoming uh, presentations at the Academy. I've got some ortho presentations. And speaking of those CBCT algorithms, you'll be teaching some courses as well. Unfortunately, Pacific Dental Conference uh, next week is going to be uh, postponed. The live event will be in 2023, where you and I will be presenting our lecture from this year. Uh, but don't worry, we'll be back well before one year's time. We'll be doing a podcast within a couple of weeks. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Mike? Yeah, thanks, everybody. And for all of you uh, who are new to the podcast, uh, check out some of our previous ones. We do post... Uh, on our YouTube channel, The Digital Dentist, we do post a lot of information and how-tos, and we will continue to build that out. Um, Instagram, at Digital Workflow Dentistry, um, digitalworkflowdentist.com for the website. Uh, tune in and follow anything you need to know. Send us uh, uh, messages, uh, direct message us through the Instagram. Everybody take care, and thanks a lot, and make sure you subscribe. <laughs>